Warning, this following podcast episode contains spoilers of an Avengers Infinity War variety. If you haven't seen Avengers Infinity War yet, skip to about 30 minutes into the episode for the rest of the great content we have available for you this week. You have been warned. The spoilers will be graphic and in-depth. Yeah. What's up, everybody? This is Jarrett from Bowling for Soup, and you're listening to Upside Down Shark Radio. Nothing worse than an Upside Down Shark, except an Upside Down Shark on the radio. Hello, and welcome to a lethargic episode 30 of Upside Down Shark Radio. That's right, we reached episode 30, and frankly, we're all worse for it. <laughs> We are the premier pop culture podcast here at UpsideDownShark.com and where all good podcasts are found. So if you like what we do here, make sure to leave a like and review and follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram because we'd do the same for you. Yeah, now you feel bad. Oh God. (laughs) I am one of your hosts, Tom, and joining me tonight is Mr. All Good Paul Wood. Hello, Paul. Hello, Tom. Now, if you if we're coming across as slightly less energe- energetic than we normally do, it's because we have both uh, just... Well, I say just got back. Last night, we went to the midnight screening of Avengers Infinity War, and... and it, was, it was at short notice as well, so we had no uh, rearrangement of sleep. Yeah, I mean, I, I literally worked all day, went to do jiu-jitsu for two hours, and then went straight to the cinema until 3am and then I was up again for work at about whatever o'clock half six so I'm 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 pretty tired I'm pretty tired but most importantly it was worth it it was so worth it uh Avengers Infinity War is the culmination of arguably the most ambitious movie project of all time. Yeah, it's a massive undertaking. This is uh, number 19 in a series of films that also has, I believe now, four spin-off TV franchises. Hang on, it's more than that now, because you've got the four Netflix ones, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Agent Carter. The the, the four Netflix ones, you've got um, obviously Daredevil, Jessica Jones... Luke Cage, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, Fist. and then they, they're in Defenders. And then there's Punisher, so that's six. And then six. you've got Punisher. That's just That's six. just on Netflix. So you've got eight TV series, 19 movies with no end in sight to the movie series, and I'm sure that there's plenty of video games out there as well. I mean, the only one I play is Marvel Puzzle Quest, because that's <laughs> the only one you genuinely need to play uh, until the new Spider-Man comes out on PS4. So yeah, uh... Avengers Infinity War is... There's a lot of pressure riding on it. I, yeah. I can't think of, other than maybe Force Awakens, of a film that's had so much hype going into it. And uh, Yeah, I mean, what, ten years in the making? Well, that's it. Iron Man 1 was the first uh, Avengers film from the MCU, and that came out in 2008. And here we are, like almost a generation later. They've been churning out, on average, two movies a year. Yeah. And... I think it lived up to it. I yeah. think it was a um, it was a very dark movie. Yeah. But before we get in any deeper, this is this is your last warning. This is going to be a spoiler heavy review. So if you haven't seen the film yet, just pause it now. We will uh, let you know either here or in the description below uh, when to tune back in. But for now, if you haven't seen it, go and see it. Come back. And then see what see if we thought the same things because you know we respect your opinions. You may not respect ours, but frankly, you're going to listen to them anyway. So here they are. Okay, what did you think of Avengers: Infinity War? Oh mate, like even from the opening, damn. I mean, it it was it, it sucker punched you right from the off. Yeah. Uh, it opens up with uh, Thor's ship from the end of Ragnarok, like um, out, giving out a distress call. Yeah, and it's it's being attacked by Thanos' ship, and we're introduced to the floor of the the deck, and uh, everyone is pretty much dead. Thanos has killed all the Asgardians. Yeah. Bar. Uh, a couple Thor, Loki and uh, Edris Elba's character whose name escapes me Heimdall Heimdall that's it and within the first I'm 
going to say 10 minutes. It can't have been longer than 10 minutes. No. Heimdall and Loki are dead. And it seems in the case of Loki that he is perma-dead now because he's died about four or five times in the yeah, MCU it, now. It looks like Heimdall and Loki might actually be dead. dead. So, so with all the... Uh, I, I mean, at least from my perspective, a lot of the speculation going into this is which characters are going to die because it was almost a given at this point that yeah. at least some of the some of the Avengers had to go. Um, we expecting one, maybe two, and I was not expecting Loki. Uh, I have to admit, I thought he would either turn and side with Thanos because that's kind of his shtick, or he would uh, um, he he would survive and sort of just join up with the Avengers. But he did have. A mini redemption arc within the, that ten minutes. He yeah. tries to tries to kill Thanos, um, and then mugs him off with a surprise Hulk. <laughs> yeah, but uh, unfortunately, Thanos pre- predicts uh, Loki's surprise attack and essentially chokes him out to pretty viscerally and pr- pretty brutally to death. Yeah, and yeah, it's it's he's not teleported to a different dimension. He's not thrown into stasis or cyber prison or whatever it is yeah. they've done in the past yeah and it's it's one of those literally within 10 minutes of the film thanos has two infinity stones yeah yeah he uh he is just dominant from the start which sidebar briefly thanos is probably the best marvel villain they've had so far purely for you were saying earlier that he is the most dominant villain and he's the only one who ever seems to have posed a real genuine threat to the Avengers yeah, so far. There, there was there was no ramp up where he, he tried something and then failed a little bit and then came back a bit harder and then failed a little bit and then came back like with his full force having learnt his lesson on how to be a bad guy. He just came in, smashed, left. Yeah. And it, it makes you it, you don't know what to think because with like crippling dialogue as well. Yeah. Like, like some of his his monologues. Well, that's the thing. He's he's violent. He's brutal. He's dominant. But he's he, educated. He's educated. He's articulate, and he kind of has a. a he has a point. He, well, I wouldn't go that far, but he has a logic, yeah. and it, it's a it's a it's a cold, calculated logic. Basically, um, I mean, you'll know this if you've seen it. But his whole morality is that. Uh, his home planet was destroyed by overpopulation, so he sees it as his duty as. Um, an all-powerful being to go around the galaxy and the universe at large and wipe out half of the population of every species to prevent overpopulation and to create what he sees as a form of utopia. Yeah, in in, in his words, he's bringing balance to the universe because there are only a finite amount of resources. And he's, it, that's, that's not wrong. That's not wrong. But, I mean, it, it is still genocide in the purest sense of the word. Oh, no, he's uh, in his own words, it was unbiased and fair to... Don't be siding with Thanos. Don't be siding with Thanos. Um, I, I have to side with logic. <laughs> all right, Spock. All right, Spock. But, uh, yeah, he, um, he he destroys destroys the Asgardians. Thor is thrown into outer space. And uh, Heimdall, just before he dies, manages to transport the Hulk to uh, Earth to warn the rest of the Avengers. Uh, which is interesting because almost exactly the same thing happens in the original Infinity Gauntlet um, comic book series, mm. but it was Silver Surfer, not um, not the Hulk, which obviously they couldn't get Silver Surfer, unfortunately. Yeah. Now that that would have been cool. Uh, and then yeah, then it kicks off. All the Avengers have made abundantly aware very soon that Thanos is the threat, biggest threat they've come across so far. Um, before long, the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy are brought in as well, and. It's it all just kicks off. It it sort of starts at a hurtling pace and it doesn't really let up no. all the way through. Um, and I really really enjoyed it. I thought that the interactions between the Guardians of the Galaxy and the Avengers were fantastic. Yeah, I, I my hat goes off to the director. Um, directors, directors is that they managed to keep their own flavour in mm-hmm. in the scenes regarding the char- their characters. So the guard the scenes with Guardians of the Galaxy felt like Guardians of the Galaxy scenes uh-huh. and the, the Thor scenes felt like Thor scenes. Drax in the Guardian scenes was probably my favourite moment as Drax well. Drax was amazing. Just uh, I, when, when he uh, when Star-Lord and Gamora are sharing an intimate moment and he's just eating a bag of crisps really slowly <laughs> really slowly thinking that if he moves really slowly no one will be able to see him. <laughs> 
that was a that was a personal favorite and also star lord trying to imitate uh thor's voice by and trying to uh being intimidating by lowering his lowering his own voice just brilliant absolutely brilliant and they did a good job of balance, balancing out the very uh very somber gravitas of the film with a lot of the comic relief which marvel has done so well but this one was is probably the most harrowing marvel experience that we've had so far at least in the mcu i still say logan is a, just because it's a more grounded story is more emotionally hard-hitting but yeah Lo- logan was a more emotionally vested film exactly i i think the the emotional emotional investment with this is the fact that we've been with most of these characters for 10 years yeah um and as as we said it, it, this is the first time that there's not the invincible superheroes that they have been in the past. Yeah. Having said that, with all the speculation of who was going to die and who was going to live, I was surprised at who actually at least seems to have been permanently kicked the bucket. Mm. Because we'd heard all the rumours that one of the big original cast were going to uh, leave leave the uh, franchise. So Iron Man, Captain America... Um, Thor, that one of those might go just because they're getting so expensive and they wanted to step away from the series. Yeah. But all of them are so far still alive and kicking. Uh, they, I mean, obviously we've got the one coming out next year, the movie coming out next year, but uh, the only two that seem to be perma-dead are Loki and yeah. Gamora, who uh, Thanos quite reluctantly, and in quite a touching humanising moment, yeah. I say that, he's a big purple testicle monster, uh, <laughs> has to sacrifice to get the Soul Stone uh, after being led to it by returning Red Skull, who, interestingly uh, interestingly enough, I didn't realise wasn't actually voiced by Hugo Weaving this time. Was he not? No, it was an, uh, another voice actor who um, was just doing a damn spot-on impersonation of Fair. Hugo Weaving doing a German accent. Fair. But... Yeah, that was a nice surprise. I fully wasn't expecting that. However, uh, I say they were the only two permadeaths, as maybe not, who knows, but that's what it seems to be. But obviously, as you will know if you've seen it, Thanos is successful in his mission of wiping out half the life in the galaxy. Yeah, the the, the biggest surprise in the entire film was that Thanos wins. Yeah, uh, he, he gets all the Infinity Stones, snapped his fingers, and quite promptly all the uh well half of the universe died yeah uh, suddenly all the heroes that we've been following and being reacquainted with start disappearing into dust yeah uh starting yeah. with uh the winter soldier who now is being referred to as the is it the white wolf white i think wolf. yeah Buc- bucky barnes yeah yeah sebastian shaw aka mark hamill's clone yeah. Uh, so yeah, Buck, Bucky turns to dust. Uh, uh, Wanda turns to dust. Black Panther. Black Panther. Spider Man. Oh, that was the most sad one. It was. It was almost, almost at the point. I don't know if this might not relate to you very, very much. The um, David Tennant as Doctor Who. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That I don't want to. I don't. Go. Want, I don't want to go. Like it was. It's just that one line, where I mean, Spider Man is a predominantly com- uh, comedic character. He's the one who yeah. always sees the the light side of a situation, no matter how bleak things get. But he, at the end of the day, he is still, especially in this iteration of Spider Man, is a teenage boy. He's, he and, becomes a scared kid. Yeah, he's scared. He's scared to disappear and die. And uh, so Iron Man. All of the Guardians faded out, didn't they? Uh, yes. Yes. Star Lord, uh, Drax. God damn! If Drax doesn't come back, then I I give up. <laughs> Um, Mantis, Groot, oh, Groot. Um, Teenage Groot. Teenage Groot. Did Rocket disappear as well? I can't remember. Oh no, Rocket might be the only surviving. Yeah, because he's still on Earth. the. Was he he's on in Earth? Wakanda. Yes, he was in Wakanda with Groot because they came with, with Thor. Because they went. Thor to... calls him Rabbit. That was very funny. <laughs> that was very funny. Um, yeah, so one of the uh, subplots going in throughout is the Thor. Rocket Raccoon and Groot have to go and forge a Thanos-killing weapon from the same mm-hmm. dying sun that the, um, the Mjolnir with Thor's hammer was first forged in. And you find out the the gauntlet itself. Yes, yes, it was the the dwarf realm. Um, one of the is it five or six realms or something of the Asgardian lore. The, yeah. um, the you have the human realm. Yes, um, basically has to visit the dwarven forge. Yes, and to get a new hammer. All the dwarfs are dead except for one, who is portrayed by a gigantic Peter Dinklage. Yeah, which is really weird 
because obviously he is a shorter actor um and in this case they've blown it up his proportion in terms of uh yeah they just scaled up yeah exactly they've uh, used um tricks of perception and made him look huge and damn it he looks intimidating when he's big like yeah, that giant dwarfs yeah um but i i wasn't expecting that I, that was pretty cool um i have to admit i think that the two weakest subplots going through was probably that one just because um it kind of retconned everything that happened in thor ragnarok because uh ragnarok established that thor does doesn't need his hammer he's the god of thunder actually no he needs this new hammer to kill thanos and also the eye patch thing um rocket gives um thor a replacement eyeball uh, prosthetic eyeball to replace the eye patch that he's been wearing since Ragnarok. But I like the eye patch because it was kind of symbolic of him taking Odin's place because Odin yeah. had the eye patch. So those two big arcs or parts of Thor's arc have kind of just been retcon now, which is fine. Like obviously there's so many fingers in the pie and whatever, so many chefs in the kitchen, it, you're going to get some crossover. But I do feel sorry for Taika Waititi because... <laughs> He, he made a masterpiece, and so for it to go back on it, it's just, just a bit sad. And the only other one which I really didn't care for was the love angle between uh, Scarlet Witch and Vision. Oh, Wonder and Vision, yeah. Because it was, the thing is, I, I'm, I'm not against it. I'm not, I'm not against robot... It just, it just didn't really have any build to it. Well, that's the thing. I'm not against robot-human relations, am I right? But... Um, <laughs> It all happened off screen between uh, Avengers Two, Civil War, and uh, Avengers Three. So, so you basically see you see them in a room together, like yeah. post coital, and you're just like, wait, what? When did this happen? Yeah, what? you're like, why should I care? Um, it's uh, it's fine. Like it, well, it didn't take up too much of the time, and it reintroduced us to Cap. Um, I thought Cap was really good in this. I really like how they um, incorporated elements of the Nomads costume from yep. the. The comic, the Nomad, is when uh, Ditton franchise Cap re- announces his patriotism and just becomes a superhero for all. And I yeah. believe, isn't it? And uh, so he just wears a black outfit rather than his standard red, white, and blue. And the outfit that Cap was wearing in Sil- um, Civil War, uh, Infinity War, was predominantly my- monotone. Yeah, yeah sh- short sleeve cap. Yeah, yeah, he, he looked good. He looked good. Uh, I did like the little quip between him and uh, Thor where they said they've stolen each other's looks yeah. which it did make me laugh um, and yeah yeah I think especially because uh, Avengers uh, Age of Ultron was largely disappointing I thought that and Civil War which I guess you can kind of call Avengers 2.5 that neither of them really grabbed me quite like the first Avengers or nor any many of the standalone films mm. This one did. This one, just because it was so different in terms of the narrative, not so much in the presentation, because it's obviously a Marvel film as you're watching it. There's no getting away that it, it definitely has the, the flavour of Marvel. Yeah. But, but but even from the off, the entire thing felt like an end game. Yeah, that's it. The stakes there was, there was no higher. There was no... Obviously, they, they know that they've done the build-up for 10 years on this, mm. and they didn't then do another hour of build-up. They just dropped you in and went bang it's happening go i mean you couldn't i don't i wouldn't want to watch this without seeing the at least black panther and uh ragnarok beforehand because you just Mm. wouldn't get what's going on um i know there's there's a few of the marvel films which i've yet to see i haven't seen homecoming yet and i don't think i've ever got through dark world all the way through (laughs) um but yeah, there, there's a lot of onus on the viewer to have seen everything else. I don't, you couldn't have gone into this blind, and yeah. I, unlike a lot of them, I think you could have watched uh, both the first Avengers and Avengers Two without seeing any of the other films, and kind, you'd still enjoy it. But this one, straight from the off, as you say, it is is yeah, it relied quite heavily on you seeing yeah, yeah, exactly. at least ninety percent of the made material, and I like that because it is it rewards long term long-time fans and everything yeah. and chances are if you're in the western world you've probably seen these films by now because they're just part of the zeitgeist yeah, yeah um and one thing that marvel films are often known for is their post credit scenes and if for some reason you're still listening to this and you haven't seen uh infinity war yet 
you want to stick around for the end credit scene because it yeah. was really good. It was really good. It, uh, but unlike most Marvel films, there aren't two. There is no. no. They don't have soft credits scene, hard credits scene. It's soft credits, hard credits, one scene at the end. Well, this is uh, this one was very story driven as well. Yeah, um, it wasn't like, just a random them eating kebab. Yeah, it, it wasn't. It wasn't them getting shawarma, which uh, I I would have still appreciated intergalactic shawarma. <laughs> Um, no, it was Nick Fury and I believe it's Agent Hill um, in the SUV driving through New York or wherever. Uh, and obviously all the ramifications of uh, Thanos' snapping of his fingers are happening on Earth as well. Drivers are disappearing out of their cars. It's almost like a rapture. And uh, they get out and they see helicopters falling from the sky, people just disappearing into smoke. And... Uh, uh, Nick Fury asks Agent Hill to call her Code Red, but just as he does, she disappears into a cloud of smoke herself, only to be followed by Nick Fury as he tries to send out the distress call himself, allowing Samuel L. Jackson to get his contracted mother f- f- uh, out in the yep. dialogue, even if it is muted ever so slightly. I still believe it's written into every rider of everything <laughs> he does. And as he drops his uh, transceiver uh, communicator device it looked a little bit like a harmonica uh but uh a little yeah yeah with the screen but as he drops it and the sending message go uh, disappears uh captain marvel's logo appears on the yep. screen which obviously sets us up for captain marvel next year uh i believe it's one of only two films that's scheduled to come out between uh, this Avengers film and next year's one. I know we've got Ant Man and Wasp yep. n- this year, and, and Ant Man surprisingly completely lacking from this. Film. Well, I think that's just so they could get him to have his own film. Is it? Yeah. Is it going to be pre Infinity War? That would be interesting or, to see because I don't. I would imagine it is because they have done it before where there has been time discrepancies and it, everything hasn't gone in the same chronological mm. order as released because uh, Avengers. Uh, sorry, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. One and two uh, happened back to back simultaneously. Where obviously yeah. the, in real life there was a three year gap, so they could definitely do that. Uh, they would that might might even help explain why he isn't in uh, Avengers: Infinity War. Uh, the only other noticeable absence is Hawkeye. Uh, there, there yep. is he is he is referenced, but he's not actually in it. Yeah, they again they're both referenced. Because um, who is it? There's, he said, "There's an Ant Man and a Spider." Yeah, the Hulk, Bruce Banner's like, "There's, there's an Ant Man and a Spider Man," and like Mark Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo's performance was magnificent. Oh, he's so good. He was having the internal struggle where the Hulk refused to come out to fight. That's so good, and he got his own Hulkbuster costume, uh, uh, Iron Man suit, which it, meant that he could Hulk out and still remain as Bruce Banner. Yeah, Bruce Banner was one of the actually one of the the better. Um, comic relief in the film. He was, and he he often is the standout. Like in Ragnarok, he was he was the great straight man as well. Mm. But I still don't think I'd want to see him in his own film. I just don't think the Hulk is an interesting enough superhero. Not Bruce Banner, but the mm. Hulk isn't interesting enough to carry his own film. Yeah, which is why this this worked really well because mm. he was he was like basically trying to force the Hulk out, and every now and again the Hulk Hulk's face would appear and just go no. <laughs> so good it's so good um but yeah it's fine what you stopped recording nah I didn't it's just it just oh right, it's laggy technical issues am I right girls Mac. um so yeah it just makes me wonder where um what's gonna happen next where do they go from here because ultimately at the end of Infinity War uh when all is said and done Thanos has won uh he's but he's, he's he's sitting down watching a sunset. Yeah, he says the I believe it's Gamora when she's kidnapped by uh, Thanos, asking what are you going to do when you wipe out half the universe, and he says I will rest, watch the sunset on a grateful universe, and uh, he he that is what he does. He watches the sunset and uh, looks and the, quite content. And then the credits roll, which is one of the again I think that's lifted somewhat from uh, the Infinity Gauntlet comic series because there is this panel of him I think he's defeated and he's gone to the they've exiled him to a planet to be a farmer and he's just him sort of sitting content in defeat that he although he knows he's not achieved what he needs to uh, he's sort of found peace and solace mm. in in his existence um, 
So, I mean, there, there, was, there did seem to be quite a lot that had been lifted or adapted from the series, which the comic book series, which I did appreciate. And they don't do that very often. The, the MCU does take a lot of liberties yeah. with the source material. But ultimately, the, the source material is so varied. There's, what is it, like almost 70 years worth of comic book. And then various continuities relating. Exactly. So... Uh, they would ne- you'd never ever be able to just straight lift no. uh, something and they've done a really really good job of keeping the tone and the spirit of Marvel alive over 19 movies I know a lot of people have said that that you get superior fatigue and I would I would say that I've got close to it on times um, Ant-Man is the most glaring example <laughs> of that at least for me but um I I was fully reinvigorated by Infinity War. I thought it was a very very important film in the mm. series. It was probably the most important film since maybe Avengers One, uh, in terms of the series going forward. And I'm really excited to see what happens next. And yeah. I want to see it again. And if that's not a testament of a good film, then I don't know what is. Any other closing thoughts on Avengers Infinity War? No, I think we've covered a predominant most of the like well the key scenes at least. Yeah, well, let us know what you think or thought about Avengers: Infinity War in the comments below. Uh, I would love to hear what you uh, thought of it, whether or not you liked it, whether you're sick of comic book movies, whether you think the right characters died. I mean, I thought it was a great opportunity to kill a Iron Man at the end, where he was stabbed through the stomach by Thanos, yeah. but luckily um, through uh, Doctor Strange's intervention he manages to f- survive presumably but we'll see I I fully expect all the ones who were dusted out by Thanos' snapping of the fingers will come back yeah. um, well Tony Tony's stuck on Titan alone yeah exactly I'm going to drink break there but presumably that's where Thanos has gone back to his well, home world well when he goes back to his home world well sorry when the last scene he's looking out it's on all... a verdant green thing so unless he's used the reality stone to um, change it again uh, I don't I don't know I I mean there was the weird trippy scene between him and uh, child Gamora yeah. uh, straight after he snapped his fingers um, and so it, it remains to be seen whether or not he's still even in reality as we know it yeah so so in all honesty we don't know if it was just all a dream <laughs> who knows it, it could all it could all be a dream tony might still be in that cave in the middle east in the first iron man film oh imagine <laughs> yet may not have finished making the uh mark one suit yet <clears throat> well no he hasn't even got that far he's still in midair when like in the when the convoy gets attacked oh don't that would be awful That'd be so bad. <laughs> and then ten years of Marvel films have all been what if? <laughs> I don't know. But um, sticking with Avengers: Infinity War for for a little while, um, this was the first time I'd ever gone to a midnight screening of a film, like not the premiere as such, because obviously it was leaked, it was shown to press and everything first. But yeah. the first the first opportunity for just the regular punter to see it, and. I have to be honest. As, as it was very fun. It was it was exciting. It was nice to not have to worry about spoilers or anything at all. But oh boy, it's better to it's better to book the day off work afterwards. Yeah. Um, I just wondered if there you had any advice because I know you've done a few more midnight screenings. What do you do to uh, stay fresh for? some late night viewings uh, well I tend to about an hour before um, smash back a can of monster <laughs> ugh it's the worst energy drink um, nah monster white Mr white yeah Mr white um, and yeah basically usually I, I try and I, like sleep later into that same day and have the next day off work so I can sleep through till sort of 10 in 10am that would be the sensible option but um, the, one of the one of the good things about going to a midnight screening is a. There's not going to be any kids in the cinema ruining it, and everybody is there specifically for that reason. Nobody's taken their girlfriend <laughs> on the. Nobody's gone out for a date on the off chance somebody might like it. Nobody's there to dick about. Everybody is there because they want to see the film. The serious fanboys. Yeah, and you could tell, for example, at the end of Infinity War when it cut to black from Thanos, the entire cinema went. What? There was. It's the first time I've been to the cinema in a long time that there's been some audible gasps from the crowd at certain yeah. points. 
which was really nice. It was nice to sort of have that communal feeling of excitement for a film. Um, you don't get that very often, whether it be because the cinema is just not um, not packed enough, and so it's kind of just like watching it in a big room, or if you just get some absolute... Yeah. D- yeah, yeah. <laughs> insert redacted swear word in the cinema ruining ruining the experience which does happen more often than not unfortunately but I really enjoyed it I thought it was a very nice communal experience I would definitely book the day off work next time I, um, I'm a, I'm a tired boy yeah. what's the time we're recording this at nearly 5 o'clock in the afternoon now <laughs> and I tell you if I last another hour before I have to go to bed it's a blooming miracle well, next year's Infinity War take the next day off oh, well it's Solo's coming up I want to watch that as well but we'll see we'll see anyway we, we've rambled for about half an hour so why don't we have a little bit of a musical interlude with this week's track of the Week. What are we listening to this week, Tom? This week we are listening to Snake Eyes by You Know The Drill, which is a really good band name, and I'm really jealous I didn't think of that. Bosh. Uh, this is off their sophomore EP, Selfhood, uh, which will be released on vinyl and Spotify and all of that sweet jazz very soon. So if you're a fan of pop punk and all things snapbacks, flannel, pizza, khaki shorts, stickers for your Mac, and all that good stuff, I think I think you'll like them. I I know I do. So without further ado, this is Snake Eyes by You Know The Drill. Ch-ch-ch-check it out. And that was You Know The Drill with Snake Eyes. Make sure to check out all their social accounts below and give them some love. Because, you know, love is good. I like love. Love is good. Maybe if Thanos had a little bit more love, everyone wouldn't be dusty boys. No, he did have love. He had the wrong kind of love. But we'll draw a line under Infinity War because otherwise we could talk about this for another 
day of sleepy, sleepy chat. So let's get into a little bit of video game news. Uh, I know you are very excited for a particular game called Detroit Beyond Human. Yeah, it's become human. What what is it, what's it about? I know what Detroit is. It's, it's the it's not meant um, to be very nice. It's the next title from Quantic Games. What's Quantic Games? Uh, they made Heavy Rain mm. and and the other one that was like Heavy Rain. Beyond Two Souls. That's the it? one. Yeah, with Will and Defoe. Yeah. They may be on Two Souls um, and Heavy Rain, so it's it's a very story-driven, but this one's got a, a lot more flow to it. It's <clears throat> You can see the choice. Like Basically, you're an android. You a play, droidy boy. Yeah, you play as, as an android. Um, the demo mission that they've released is the same one that they showed at E3. Okay. Um, only playable. And so you can play the multiple outcomes as well. Um, so basically, depending on how much you investigate into the scene of the crime, depends on how much leverage, how much ammunition you've got to go in into the to talk to the guy to talk him basically off the roof. Okay. Um, if you just go straight out there, you've got very little knowledge, and you rely on various like aspects. Like chances are, it's gonna go wrong if you don't. <laughs> Interesting. Um, but there's there's little choices like you walk past and there's like the big th- a big thing at the moment is there's um, there's a fish on the floor and you can choose whether to put it back in the tank or just leave it there. And a, everyone's like, like, it's one of the things that they don't need to give you the decision for, but they do. <laughs> My favorite thing like that comes from Duke Nukem Forever, where in the first level you can go into the toilet and there is a turd in the toilet yep. and you can pick it up if you want yep. and throw it at things. And you don't have to do that. You, there's no need. It <laughs> serves no purpose to the game. Like, the yeah. actual... You, you you don't progress any further. I don't believe you even get a achievement for it. But <laughs> it's there. And I appreciate it for being there, even if the rest of the game is hot garbage. Yeah. But with Detroit Beyond Human... Um, so if it comes from Quantic Games who have done Heavy Rain and yep. Beyond Two Souls... I I quite liked Heavy Rain. My criticism with those sorts of games is that it almost feels like you're watching a movie. Um, in the it, it's predominantly quick time events with cutscenes in between. See, is now, this, this meant to be what Heavy uh, Detroit's meant to be like? Uh, well, from the from the demo, it's it's a lot more free roam. It's not. Um, I don't think there were any cutscenes. If, okay. if they are the active cutscenes that you can change the outcome of as they happen, I see. Um, so it will go into some set dialogue from from um, the guy holding the hostage, mm-hmm. um, and then it will give you say four options if you've unlocked all four options. Like there are some locked ones which you can't use, um, depending on your investigations and stuff. And but you can pick up more knowledge as you go, and then like he'll freak out and say, oh, "I can't stand this noise anymore. Get rid of the helicopter." And then you can choose whether to dismiss the helicopter or not. And yeah, it's it's all down to to your decisions in the moment. But there's it's not just one decision. Watch a long cutscene. Interesting outcome. It's decision. Return dialogue, another decision. Return dialogue, another decision. Hmm. And you control the outcome of everything based on the amount of investigation you've done in the area beforehand as well. But there's also a time factor to it as well. If you take too long, one of the one of the SWAT team members um, gets shot. Mm-hmm. Um, so that adds to the to the pressure of the scene is that you have to investigate. We have to investigate quickly. You can't just have a leisurely stroll around this house. Oh, well, that's my play style out the window then. I mean, you can, just more people get hurt. Well, I mean, if, if that's what it takes for me to have my leisurely Sunday day, morning stroll, then damn it, someone's going to get their ass kicked. <laughs> someone's going to get their... Is it lip-whipped? Butt-licked. Butt all right, all right, Billy Gunn. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I, I, I again, I, it's one of those ones I've kind of it's slipped my radar. But I like all. It's kind of future cyberpunky, isn't it? A little bit, yeah. Well, it's 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 like an iRobot kind of, mm-hmm. um, like not quite iRobot, um, AI. It's it's an AI kind of what where I half expect one of the characters to be Jude Law. I used <laughs> to always get AI and uh, Bicentennial Man mixed up. Okay, I don't know why. Robin Williams. Yeah, I don't know. 90s was a weird time. It was a very strange time. But speaking of a weird time, 
This segue isn't going anywhere. <laughs> uh, there is a comic book uh, resting very nicely to the left of your left arm, and that you wanted to talk about. Yes. So I, why don't you? I briefly mentioned it last week. Um, I helped kickstart a, a comic called Soul Survivor. I'm a um, survivor. Da, 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 hello, soul survivor. Uh, by is it um, Sh- Sharon Comics? Sharon Charon, depending Ch- on where you're from. Charon, depending on your, chafing comics. Depending on your knowledge of, I believe, Greek mythology. <laughs> All the moons of Pluto. Is it Charon? I think it's Sharon. I think. Either way, get the guys who run the comic publication to let us know. Yeah, um, but. Yeah, I helped kickstart it. I finished reading it earlier on um, this week. I had another glaze over. Um, it's issue one. Issue two is coming later this this year, summer. Mm-hmm. Um, so keep an eye out on Kickstarter for that. Give them give them help. Um, it's written by Frederick Packard and Joshua uh, Valier, uh, artist Daniel Lopez, and it's really good. Like really good. What's it about? Um, the um, after like a, a mass genocide of Earth. He is the last survivor uh, of the solar system. So he's the sole survivor of the solar system. He's the uh, sole survivor. S-O-L survivor. Yeah. And he gets found on Earth by these alien pirates, for lack of a better term. Um, and obviously they realise he's the last human, but he's earned a place on their crew. And it's just really, really well drawn, really well written. The dialogue's good. I've thoroughly enjoyed it from cover to cover. It looks like it could be quite violent. There are some some gruesome bug-smashing scenes. Uh, Is that a sex thing? It sounds like it could be a sex thing. No, just angry bugs getting stabbed. Okay. Well, I'm sure to check it out. It looks good just seeing you flick through it now. I'm always up for a, uh, a good indie comic book. I feel like, as we said, with... We, we've been talking about Marvel for a long time, but yeah. their actual comic book series, I think, has gone a little bit stale. I think the real talent and the real innovation can be found in the likes of Image Comics and kick-started um, publications like this. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. I always I always browse down Kickstarter Yeah, and um, see if there's anything anything good, anything... Um, I know, I mean, they're Salvagers, Bob Sally's. Yeah, obviously, um, anything from Sourcepoint Press is usually... Usually a solid piece. Big up source point. Um, yeah, I highly recommend indie comics over over the mainstream most of the time these days. Shoot your TV, read comics would be my best yeah. advice. Image, Dark Horse. But speaking of TV, don't shoot it just yet. Don't shoot your TV not, just yet. Not yet, because there is a new fur... Uh, a new fur? A new A loofer of a new fur of a new series of <laughs> Archer. The most a danger zone of TV series. You can tell I'm tired. Yep. I have been out of the loop with Archer for a little little while. I think I'm behind a couple of series. Okay. Why should I be excited about this series? Well, this is series nine. Uh, at the end of series seven, um, he ends up in a coma. Okay. Um, so the beginning of series eight is a coma dream. Ah. Um... And yeah, it's basically like a, a noir detective novel kind of. <laughs> they've they've re, redone everyone. Everyone's in different roles. Amazing. It's, it's so obviously, because because obviously the what they were doing the spy genre um, was, I suppose, to them getting a bit flat, a bit limited. Yeah. Um, so now he's in a coma. Also being um, sorry, just briefly, them being referred to as ISIS has not aged well either. Yeah, they did change that in series four, I think. Did they? Yeah. They yeah. did. They did change that when they went on the run from the FBI. Oh yeah, I remember now. I haven't watched it in a long Archer time. Archer Vice was probably the best series so far. <laughs> yeah, but um, K Log. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, the last series, series eight. Um, like I say, he was in a coma, so the entire thing was like a noir detective novel. Mm. Um, and that ended, but it, it didn't end with him waking up from the coma, as everyone expected. Okay. So he's still in the coma. Okay. And so they've. Series nine is called Archer Danger Island, right? And is a different genre entirely altogether. <laughs> so basically, they're now just sort of experimenting with different genres and different styles per series now. Yeah, 
Which um, I'm so fully for Ar- that. Ar- Archer is a a one-eyed um, pilot. Okay. Um, who lives in the hotel on some secluded island? Um, his mother owns the hotel. Okay. Um, and Krieger is a parrot. <laughs> okay. Lucky Yates voicing a parrot, an incredibly sarcastic parrot. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Is everything you never knew you needed. So, is it started now, or is it just just about to start? Um, episode one has literally just aired. Okay. Um, so I'm presuming it started now. Um, all the rest of it are on Netflix if you want to catch up. Series, I do need to. Series do that. one to eight is on Netflix. Maybe I'll do that tonight before I fall asleep. So I'll probably get through ten seconds of the first episode. <laughs> um, yeah, I love Archer. It's one of the. Uh, it's one of the. Smartest written comedies. Yeah. Um, H. John Benjamin's magnificent. He's just got such a great voice as well. Yeah. It's just such a satisfying voice. I also... It does make me appreciate the tactical turtleneck as well. Uh, absolutely. I do want to get more turtlenecks now. Obviously, you've got um, Aish Tyler. Phenomenal as, as Lana. Mm-hmm. Um, I miss her at E3. She yeah. used to um, host the Ubisoft show oh, okay. every E3. Only last year she didn't. Well, she's uh, too famous now. I, I don't know if she's too famous or Ubisoft were just like, uh, let's let the game speak for themselves, even though they sucked. <laughs> I know. It's as much as I love Ubisoft. Assassin's Creed Unity went, worked really well all the time, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. I, I say that, but Assassin's Creed Origins was actually good. So. Yeah, I got it, and I started playing it, and it was really good. I just feel like I'm burnt out on uh, long, deep narrative games. I just, yeah, I, you just need the the time and the patience to do it. And unless unless you've got that, it's it's difficult to jump in and out in small bursts. It's one of those games, uh, all games like that, really, where you have to sort of set aside a sort of a block of two or two to four hours at a time, at least, yeah. to uh, to really sort of get immersed into it yeah. whereas I, I just it's just modern day you just don't have the time unless you're yeah there aren't so many arcade games anymore like yeah. like things like obviously the most recent um, I can think of was Trials Fusion was oh, the, that's great was the one that you could pick up for half an hour there is a really good one on uh, Game uh, Game Pass Xbox Game Pass at the moment called Cluster Truck Okay. Where you, <laughs> I you, like the title. It's, it, I think it's just an indie game. It's it's really good though. All you do is you are a. It's for, from a first person point of view, and uh, you have to get to a checkpoint on the back of a convoy of uh, eighteen wheeler juggernaut uh, lorries, and there there's obstacles in the way, and all the lorries are kind of on like a random generated path and so they might crash into each other mm-hmm. they might just walk into a wall or might just flip over entirely and you've just got to jump from one to the other as they're driving along uh, and not touch the floor and that's all there is to it uh, but it's super addictive and it gets <laughs> the it starts off easy and gets harder and harder as the courses get more uh, difficult um it's kind of i suppose in a way like a vertical frogger if that makes sense. Whereas sort of the obstacles in Frogger go uh, in real Frogger go horizontally across mm-hmm. the screen. These ones you're sort of jumping vertically along with them. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those ones that you, it sounds stupid in principle, but it, it works. <laughs> it's, it's really good. It's really good. So that's Archer. That's, that's games that may or may not be good and trucks. But as a last little news tidbit uh, to round up the episode... Bruce Campbell, most notably from the Evil Dead franchise, has decided to, to retire his character from that series, Ash. Uh, Ash Williams. Williams, that's it. I always said Ash Ketchum, but I realised that's the kid from Pokemon. <laughs> uh, that would be a great, great cross, a great crossover, though. Ash Ketchum versus Evil Dead. <laughs> Ash Ketchum versus Evil Dead. Yeah. <laughs> if someone's not done that, I bet there's a DeviantArt page soon just dedicated to that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, when you think about it, he's been playing that character on and off for uh, 40 years nearly now. It's it, got to be close to. Yeah, because it was the late 70s, early 80s that the first Evil Dead came out. I believe him and Sam Raimi made it pretty much straight out of college. It yeah. was just like the first thing they could do on like a shoestring budget. I know a lot of it was filmed in one of their parents' garages 
and they've spawned one of the most endearing, if you can call it endearing, uh, horror franchises of all time. It was it was funny in when it needed to be. It was horribly brutal in places. Absolutely. Uh, and Bruce Campbell is one of the most magnetic personalities, both on screen and off screen, in in Hollywood. The chin lives on. Yeah, hail to the chin. Uh, he is he's very self aware of his status as a B list actor and embraces it fully, which is just the most amazing thing. <laughs> Uh, his first autobiography was called If Chins Could Kill. Yep. Uh, and obviously he's released a second one recently called uh, Hail to the Chin. Yep. Because he's got a good chin. Uh, but with the wrap-up of Series 3 of the spin-off series Ash vs. the Evil Dead... Uh, the final episode of Livers this week. Yeah. Uh, he has come out and said that that will be it. There won't be any more. And Which is a shame. I would like to have seen at least one crossover with the, the new movie Evil Dead. And the original week. Oh, the, so, the 2013. So, so Mia and Ash both having to fight. Hmm. Because I'm, I'm a fan of Jane Levy anyway. Is who that? Uh, the girl that played Mia. Oh, okay. I've never seen her in anything else. Yeah, Suburgatory. It's really funny. It's got Alan Tudyk in it. Oh, of course you've seen it then. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I just, I suppose they're too tonally different to blend. The blend yeah. maybe. Yeah, the, 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 the remake movie Evil Dead was a lot. Oh god, it was so gross. Uh, I think he used more fake blood than any other film in history. In in true Sam Raimi style. <laughs> well, yeah, I, it literally rained blood for like a good ten minutes in that yeah, film. It was the um the the rusty knife that she cut her tongue in. Oh it. no 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 no! Good uh, film. Oh wow, that spiked hard. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's a, it's a shame because it is an end of an era, but. 90% of the Evil Dead stuff out there is pure gold. Yeah. Ash vs. the Evil Dead might just be my favourite stuff that he's put out as uh, as uh, Ash Williams. Yeah, I'm, I've been a massive fan. Ash vs. the Evil Dead, I've said multiple times on this podcast, has been one of those shows that I've looked forward to every single week. I still need to watch uh, Series 3. I haven't watched any of it yet. but It's fantastic. Will get it's to. just as good. Is it groovy? Yeah. I'm glad it's Absolutely. groovy. It should be groovy. Fully groovy. He's a groovy man. And you know what else is groovy? We're just about out of time. So thank you for listening to episode 30 of Upside Down Shark Radio. Here's to the next 30 episodes of great content. Hopefully with more of all three of us in the same room. Uh, Craig, we hope you are recovering from your recent operation on your leg. And in the meantime, I've been Tom. I'm still Paul. And this has been Upside Down Shot Radio. Thanks for listening. Bye! Ah, vengeance.